Talk about two things we're obsessed with in the top two in hour two. Giving the old one two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, give me two. All right. You want to go first? No, I would like you to start. You would like me to start while you are scrolling. Okay. I I I don't know if we've talked about the. The pink corn from Macienda. Have we talked about that? No, we have not talked okay. about pink corn. Okay. So what I want you guys to know, and I don't know if this happened, like, and I just haven't talked about it or um, whatever, but I did, and I feel like I did talk about a little bit of the heirloom corn situation um, that um, Nixta is doing. And the thing is, is that there's a, there's a, there's a site called Macienda, um, and it is where these guys are. It's a very cool. I wrote a story about it in in uh, in the magazine. I did a blog. Um, it's very cool. It's a site that is, it was basically a bunch of people who were looking to find the best heirloom corn. And um, they've been they they went through you know Mexico and they started partnering with local farmers. And you know it's fair trade the yep. whole thing. Well, they were it was a wholesale company that that was working with restaurants and trying to really sort of build the. Um, build the economy of heirloom corn for and because restaurants of course is the way you go wholesale is how you start it but during the pandemic when restaurants kind of shut down they started doing the thing where they offered it to the public so macienda.com is a place where you can go and you can order heirloom uh you can order heirloom corn for like 12 bucks for like a bag of it and I found, so I was talking because Nixta is, they did a, our friend Daniel uh, Klein from Perennial Plate yep. ordered a, or he did a video of Nixta and like talking about uh, Gustavo Romero, our local chef. And they sort of did this great thing and they did some video stuff for them. And so he said, he just kind of sent me the note saying it. And I I got into the Macienda book or um, website and you can order you guys so many cool things like uh, Chatino black beans, there's heirloom hibiscus, uh, avocado leaves, there's, you know, you can order the heirloom red corn masa harina, they've got a tortilla press, all these cool things are on here. You can order the ants, those chica, chicatana yeah. ants that people love. But uh, what I did order was I ordered heir, heirloom corn and I bought this a bag call of pink um, hoko yule, I think it's called, and it is... Um, a variety of pink heirloom corn. Um, it's got it's dense. It's a little bit. It's close to uh, I think chalquino, and it's traditionally used for uh, a sweet beverage. But they say you can use it for quesadillas and fresh quesillo and pink tamales. So what I'm telling you is that there's a video on how to take your kernel to tortillas, and I'm going to do that today. Okay. So I'm making pink uh, quesadillas is what I want to tell you. Okay. I'm looking forward to so, it. And Masienda, I just you guys should check it out because it's like it's 12 
bucks and I got this huge bag of corn. You can buy it in bulk if you really want to do something, you know, if you want to do more than that. But it's just, it's kind of fun to like open your mind and your yourself to it. So I love it. That's my first. All right. So What's my first is first. I went to Ito. Yeah. And they have ricotta, fresh ricotta in a mason jar. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy it for your ricotta tarts. You can buy it for your tomato tarts. It's just you walk in in the deli area. Looked so delicious. Yeah. So Ito. And they also have lasagna. They have a wine shop. They have sauce that you can pick up when you just walk in the door. And they're also doing full service like Italian food in there, which it kind of has had different iterations. But you can sit down and order a whole meal. So I liked it. I thought it was really fun, fresh place to stop. Ito. Ito. E-A-T-O. Yeah, that market is kind of neat. Did you did you get any of the food or not? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I just, it's, you, you know, ricotta right now is awesome. Yeah. Because you can eat it with the fresh tomatoes. You can eat it with pesto. Sure. And they have it at Certix, but they also have it at Ito. And it's fun to get, pick up fresh ricotta. Right. Super good. Or make it yourself. Um. Okay. Um, I don't know if we talked about this again. This is one of those things where I feel like, because okay. I have so many different areas. I know I haven't talked about it with you, but I'm not sure dishes if I already did. But um, we ta- I think I did. Anyway, it's the cocktails that are up at, uh, it's the popsicle cocktails that are up at Angel Food Bakery. And maybe I'll just tell you about it. Yeah, please do, because it. it's by my house. So. Uh, yeah. So it's, um, so Angel Food Bakery up in St. Louis Park at Texatonka. Um, you is know it I- a coxicle? I'm not going to say that, but if you want to say that, it's a cocktail with a popsicle ice cube. Okay. So what it is, is it, so Frio Frio is the, in the back of Angel Food Bakery. It's the popsicle shop and you get, there's got all the fresh little popsicles. The cucumber lime was the big one that I loved. Um, and what they do is they have bottled cocktails and then you order a little pop the top cocktail. I think I did talk about this, you guys, but that's okay. No, I want to know. Um, and you order, you have to go like during a happy hour. You can't go early. Um, and then what you get is you get this little like, you get a little bottled cocktail and yep. then you get a square popsicle like ice. Like it's almost like a like a, a block of ice, but it has a popsicle stick in it. Yep. And it's got a little lime or a lemon in it. Cute. And then you pour your cocktail over it and you kind of swish around with your popsicle. I love that. It's real good. It's very interactive. It's that very sounds interactive, super, fun. super cute. And the patio, you know, at Texatonka's Frio Frio is just sort of a fun place. I've been hanging out there. Okay. You know, like we walk up and we just sort of like, you know, have a quick little hangout. It's kind of nice. And it's I a like great place it. to meet people if you don't want to do coffee, you know, but you like doing, a place to meet a date? Not a date. They're just your friends. There was a date happening while I had I'm not popsicles. saying you would meet a date. I'm saying people could meet a date. They can, but there was a date happening while I had my first popsicle. See? Yes. And it was a nightmare for that girl. Oh, no. I know. I was that's the advice is you're supposed to go on a cocktail date or a coffee date so that it can be yeah. at most 15 minutes if need be and you can head out. That's what I hear from my friends who are dating. Yeah. Just like, okay. All right. I did make it to the final month of David Fong's. Oh. We went last week. Good. We had a group of us. We got the silver chafing dish full of Chinese American food. Yes. They we ordered kung bao chicken. Oh good. We had egg rolls, we had cream cheese wontons, we had lo mein. Yeah. I f- forgot how good their lo mein was. Right. Their orange chicken, their sesame chicken. 
it was really just fun to take in, first of all, super iconic building built in like 1964, I think. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Bloomington, so Fong's was like... You did go to Fong's as a kid. We went there for holidays and yeah. birthdays, yeah. and we never did takeout. We had a big family, and we never ate out in restaurants. But right. if we did, we went to Fong's. So my sisters and I... Brought our kids who were all like, wow, this is so weird. <laughs> like, yeah, it's Fong's. It was great. I'm sorry that the third generation of kids isn't ready to take it over, but I totally get it. Yeah. And you can go through the end of this month. Yeah, it's it's around. You, you haven't missed it if you haven't gone yet. Yeah, so check it out. Was it busy? Oh, yes. It's packed because people are trying to get their last but minute. But there was in. still, like, when we left at 830, there were still tables, you know. Yeah. So if you want to eat later, sit in the bar. Yeah. I do love that. There's uh, Grumpy's in Roseville, which was closing, you know, got packed with everyone just started needing to like go. Your final Grumpy's moment. Yeah. And unfortunately, people got a little, uh, sounds like they got a little testy about it. So, you know. Darn. I know. But that's, that's the thing. It's like, I know that people want, usually that's the bummer of like, I do appreciate when someone's closing to when they say, look, here's a month to say goodbye. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? To give people time to go and say, because it does mean things to people. Yeah. And Fong's meant a lot to our family in the day. So so many people. Yeah. It was a big holiday spot. That first time I ever posted about them when I was like, you know what? I'm, I love Fong's and like we should be celebrating them. And it was like so many people out of the woodwork came to made sure to tell me about their family like trips there. And I thought that's really something that's sewn into the fabric of the eating culture in Minnesota. And my sisters were the ones who got it all together. Like I was like, oh, Fong's is closing. That's so sad. But they were like, no, Fong's like we got to go and have our final Mugu Guy pan. Oh, so (laughs) So we did. I love that. All right, we're going to come back. We've got some iconic summer dishes and yep. some recipes when we come back on The Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish, and thanks for joining us. I haven't given any weather report because I feel like you should look outside and see that it's stormy. And it's hard to, because I really want the rain bad. I do want the rain. But I also don't want it to rain on the Uptown Art Fair and the Powderhorn Park Fair. And I'm okay. I mean, it's, I mean I'm mean, i sorry for that, but I'm also like, at this point, I wasn't going to them anyway so selfishly. I know. I need my lawn to at least survive something in the trees. I need to stop being so... Uh, I, it's like I'm caring for my boulevard trees and my cucumbers as if they were like sick children. Like, I just that's how much I worry bill. about. Them. I know, and I just am not excited about it. So, um, um, my garden, by the way, yeah, um, not the best this year. Well, no, it's dry as heck. It's not the best. Like I haven't. My husband is harvest. He's up there and he's harvesting green beans, but that's it. Yeah, it's not great. It's like, not a great growing year as far zucchini as zucchini hasn't been good. I have taken a few. I have taken a few tomatoes and already off of my little sweet plants. Um, we haven't yet. My basil but is like insane. I had basil and it's like limping along. Oh, no, mine is insane. Uh, the beets we haven't pulled, but I, the pulled rad- I haven't even got radishes. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, okay. unless... But you haven't really been up tending them. I haven't them. been up for... You haven't tending them. You know what I mean? Like, yep. There's that. Um, but if you are... I've been craving, like, summer dishes, though, and I think now is the time, because the farmer's markets are, you know, regardless of anything, of your garden, the farmer's yeah, markets are overflowing, swing. and it's wonderful. And there was a little... Um, Article on New York Times, my you know favorite cooking's app site, and it says 23 easy summer recipes to make you feel better about almost everything. <laughs> so oh, well, that's I good. was like, okay. And I thought about like, okay, let's be clear about the fact that in Minnesota, like zucchini is like 
a plague sometimes, right? I mean, like, everyone goes like, oh, my God, my zucchini, and then they got to get rid of it. And it's so- never a plague for me. I'm always receiving zucchini. I'll give you my address. You can always drop it off. Do you need some? Always. Okay. I have got one yet. Oh. Not one. Not not even a form of one? Uh, Do you Kurt see the little nubs? a small thumb. Okay. Well, here's a couple things that I would say that you would want to do with them. Zucchini Parmesan is a good idea, like Yum. instead of eggplant Parmesan. Do zucchini Parmesan. I think I love this. Um, and roasting it instead of frying it, but like layering it in a big zucchini casserole with like Yum. a lot of parm. Yum. Zucchini bread, obviously. I mean, that's like a huge thing. Um, uh, I have a good recipe for that in the cookbook. Do you? Okay. Um, let's talk about this cowboy caviar. Do you ever make Cowboy I have a caviar? good recipe for that in the cookbook. I know. Are we going to do that for the rest of our lives? I don't know. Because and I'm I not going to be able to handle that. No. And I said to Kurt, I'm like, okay, Stephanie is going to be so over the cookbook yeah. and it doesn't even come out till September 6th. You're going to have to, you're going to parcel it out. You're going to have to parcel it out uh, if you don't want people to want to like, you know, be over it. Yeah. If I peak like too you, early. Like you got to give a little bit delayed. You got to build the excitement without. I might peek. Yeah, don't peek. Don't peek too early. Um, there was a great article in the New York Times about caviar, the cowboy caviar. I did read that. Did you read that? I did. I loved that. And yeah. about this woman who like ran a tea room in the University of Texas. Like She taught E.T. etiquette. And then she was the one who created cowboy caviar. And I thought about it. I was like, I've never even thought. Of course, there's got to be somebody who like created that. Yeah. And that's what's weird about dishes. Like, yeah, we were at a baby shower this weekend and, you know, someone made their cocktail sauce. That's their special cocktail sauce. And someone made their rosemary maple nuts. And I was like, oh, because these and that's like you think these things are yours or your family lore. Yeah. But really, they did start somewhere. But then they're changed and modified and made someone's own. And so what is an original the original well, recipe of whipped feta with roasted tomatoes on it and olive yeah. oil like probably goes back to the beginning of time. Okay, well, and then we could get to a weird space where you talk about the music industry is dealing with that because of, you know, Keyless sampling and saying and Beyonce just changing, you know, she just changed something in a song, you know, that was released because of the fact that, you know, people were saying that she stole things and how that is like... Who owns what and how is it that, like, how can you say that? And I don't know, like, sounds put together is something you can own versus, you know, the same thing with cooking. Like, I think when someone says, well, that's my recipe for meatballs with peaches. And you're like, but, but like, I, maybe like my mom did it, has never seen your stuff. But that doesn't mean it's she exactly. stole it. But that just because ideas we have a consciousness that works together. But then we get to like chocolate chip cookies and nobody says that they own it because we all know how to make them. And like did Sarah Kiefer, who's the first person that I ever saw slap the pan to flatten the cookie. Is that hers? Yeah. Like in my mind, it is hers, but I believe that's probably been happening for some time before that. Sure. Sure. I mean, so yeah, it is weird when you, particularly when you write a cookbook to be thinking about all that. So cowboy caviar. Yes. I have a recipe for that. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to once again say that you should think about using your stone fruit in savory things in terms of don't always think about making a cobbler or making a dessert or an ice cream. Think about using your stone fruit, specifically peaches and nectarines in with like meatballs. Like here's a skillet meatballs with peaches, basil, and lime. I'm going to tell you that there's something so great about 
those little pieces that add just a tiny touch of that like citrus sweetness, but you don't need to over sugar them. And then adding, putting them with like cilantro and like a little pickled red onion and doing, you know, like that's the etymology of like, you know, peach salsa. But think like take that idea and then just expand that a little bit and you're going to love some of those dishes. I'm going to put a recipe up for grilled pork chops and peaches that I just wrote because I never thought about cooking peaches until you. Yeah. I because love you to cook, cook them with a peaches. lot. Yeah, that's a big thing for me because I don't just sit. I don't do a lot of like cobbling and pie making and right. things. And then I have a limit for my sweet factor. We all know that. But then I think like once I made, I remember I made a couple years ago, I made that I did a fried chicken and then I put on top of it sort of a slaw and it was fennel and it was it was peaches and blue cheese. And I thought that was going to be disgusting. And it was the most magical thing I've ever had. Yum. You tried a recipe for that. I think I stole it from someone. Well, make it your <laughs> I own. I don't remember I mean, where it came from. And I remember being like, I remember it wasn't, I didn't invent it, but I put a couple other things in there. But still, you know what I so mean? So you write that in your recipe. Someone yeah. else created this. I don't know who. I don't remember. But, but I remember loving here it. Here is how I loved it. And Are you eating a lot of uh, tomato and mozzarella like things? I did in Italy all over, all the, place, over the place. Every chance I, was, I could. I feel and like peaches. That's and, what makes me feel like I eat so much caprese in the summertime because I have so much basil to deal with. Yeah, no, I just we were at a baby shower and the it was the basil cheese, remember the white cheese with yes. the basil in it only in Wisconsin. Did you find that? Or did it, they In Wisconsin. Yeah, you got it in Wisconsin. Yep, so they made squares of that. We with, ate the one that they gave to you. To give you. Just to be clear. <laughs> no problem. Can't get it. They ate the squares of that with the tomatoes and then they had basil, a basil leaf and then a white balsamic. It was delicious. Oh good. Oh, God, that's so good. I've made uh, garlic skate pesto, though. I've been making summery foods, even though I've had to actually go to the farmer's market a couple times because I haven't had food from my garden yet. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's just, you know, I mean, I think that's cool. And and I think you have to sort of like parse it out. You know what I mean? Like you have to expectations are if you you didn't grow it, someone else is growing. it. Absolutely. And so I think that's kind of lovely. I um I did make uh I haven't had like a tomato sandwich like I haven't had a BLT. Jake's been eating BLTs all summer long, um because he's working at Sandcastle and he just makes them there and then brings them home. Yeah. But um I'm kind of ready for a What's little. What's your bacon when you make a BLT? What do you mean? What bacon do you go for? Uh, bacon? I guess the kind. What do you have like? like a... Are you talking a brand name? Yeah. Oh, I am a big uh, Thielen Meats bacon buyer. Okay. But if there's a Newski's on sale, I'll buy that. I'm less. I'm less particular about my bacon, I'll be honest with you, because to me, it's like, that's just a salty fat moment. It's really about, I want thick slab, I want to cut my tomatoes in a thick slab, and I want to put on mayonnaise, and I want to put on avocado. Oh, yum. And then I always want to... So you like a black. I like a table. I like (laughs) a table, which is a tomato, avocado, bacon, lettuce, egg. That's what I like. That's what I'm... If I'm making a BLT, I'm making a table, so... I think that's how it is. But, you know, um, the other thing I did make was no churn ice cream. And we've talked a little bit about that before. But I can't believe how I don't want to take out my ice cream maker anymore. I just don't want to do it. And so I've been doing this thing. No churn ice cream. You guys, so easy. We did banana and mashed up a bunch of bananas, like six overripe bananas. I put the a can of condensed cream and then you combine like two and a half cups of whipped cream with it. Whipped, super stiff, mix them together, put them in the freezer and that's ice cream. Yum. It's nuts. All right, right, more summer recipes when we come back. We'll be right back. All right, so we were kind of just giving you a rundown of all the summer things that we're eating. Have you done any fritter frying yet? No, but Stephanie, I'll be honest, I'm... 
you know, headed to the lake for the between now and the state fair. And I was like very excited to be really getting into the cooking. But the garden is slow. So yeah. I don't know what I'm going to end up finding. Fritter frying, you know, we, I do a corn fritter. I do a zucchini fritter. There's a recipe in the cookbook. But yeah, fritters are great and a great way to use up lots of zucchini. Yeah. But I mean, even any other kind of fritters, like corn fritters or anything. I just haven't fried anything in my house because it doesn't, my venting, we were talking about, <laughs> your venting is not so great. How about on your grill? Yeah. Because you can yeah. heat up my a cast iron like on a, the grill. My grill is like a, like a, Jet engine. There's just something wrong with my grill. It's only hot. It's only like oh. jet engine hot. If I shut the lid, it goes to 900 in like a hot second. Yep. And so, yeah. A lot of carcinogens. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, I have been making a lot of things with fruit. Great. Kind of fruit salad time. Yep. yep. Um, I made a watermelon salad, which you can make that with feta. You can make that with mozzarella balls, goat cheese. Yeah. Mint, basil, even cilantro. Yeah. Just... um cutting up your watermelon into little chunks and then adding those things and then hitting it with lime. You can add tahini if you want a little spiciness. Yep. Yeah. At the uh, rooftop, I would say this at the rooftop at, um, at uh, arts and rec, they had a little fruit cup with a teeny tiny bottle of tahini that you just like sprinkle over the oh, top. Fun. Like you can do your own. I thought yeah. That was Cause great. that's how you get it in when yeah. you go to these um, uh, Mexican groceries. Yeah. Uh, grilled peach salad is inspired by you. Oh, because all of a sudden the peaches were there and I was like, well, Stephanie always grills everything. So great. So I did a grilled peach salad that had pistachios. I did use goat cheese, mixed greens and, you know, making a dressing with like the honey yeah. and just a, a lime or lemon juice, something easy yep. because then the juice from the peaches sort of becomes part of the vinaigrette. Part of it, right. Love that. So I put a recipe up for that. And then strawberry, goat cheese. I mean... Right. That's like a standard, right? And you can use almonds, livers, or you can use pistachios again for that. I use a lot of pistachios in the summer. Are, do you? I was going to say, I just, I was, I happened to be at uh, at Costco and I grabbed a bunch of pepitas because that's like, I eat those by the handful, but I walked by the pistachios and I thought, why, you know, I, I haven't had them in a long time. I yeah, should like, just grab crushing a bag. them up. Yeah. They always lend a little bit of color because yeah. it's a little bit of a green. Yep. So that's kind of nice and in a salad. This is saltiness, and they have those. Like, and they are selling the ones that are they're chili spiced too, like out of the shells that yes. are already shelled. Those are kind of fun. Those are good. Yeah. Um. Wonder. What's the name of them? Uh, is it wonderful? Yeah. Something. They're great. They're only. They're, I swear. There's like one pistachio. Like you know. Yeah. They market. Purveyor. They import a ton of them. Yeah. I actually met that woman once on an airplane. Oh, did you? Um, okay. Before I got sick and couldn't come to the live broadcast, I was going to do a segment on all these noodle salads because I made a ton of them. Uh-huh. I ate my weight in crab salad. Oh. And I just want to tell you, because yeah. I was kind of a snob about crab. Really? I would buy like only the lump in the can because I lived in Baltimore. So yeah. I kind of have a crab thing that I'm in- obsessed by it and I love it. Yeah. You guys. That Pollock crab salad, fake crab leg thing. Oh, it's pretty good. Oh, is it? It's not terrible. Do you eat fake crab? I mean, I guess I'm not going to go. I'm like you, though. I don't I don't find the flavor of imitation crab to be something that I crave. It's not great, but it's not terrible. So if you're going to make like a tuna noodle salad or a crab salad and you're it's worth it for you. budgety, I guess because so. it's two dollars and fifty cents for a packet. Yeah. So it's like as cheap as tuna. And Wait, are you buying it like on the on the shelf? 
I bought it in a it's package. Like a it comes packing? in like a packet. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that. Yeah, and it's I mean, just I fake see crab it, legs. I see that in the case, like in the seafood yeah. case usually, but I don't know if I've seen it like in a packet. Yeah, it's in a packet, oh. and you just chop it up, add it to your noodle salad. When I'm thinking about like cost-friendly ways to eat, sure. tuna is obviously very uh, cost-friendly, and also this kind of fake, and it's just pressed fish. It is. So it's not crab, but it is it's pressed pollock, fish. Usually. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. I mean, like, again, it's... I thought it wasn't terrible. Okay. I've never, I, I guess if I'm going to get a crab, I, I kind of in the same way, like if I'm going to do crab cakes or crab salad, I want to buy crab. I wouldn't crab. use it for crab cakes because I think no, you, you need to have that real texture. Yeah. But for a crab salad, yeah. And Byerly's and Lunds uses it for their crab salad, which is what made me think about it. Uh. So I added noodles yeah. and a little bit of dill and crab Louie. Remember that? Oh, what is Crab Louie? Crab Louie is where oh, you have the like Thousand, Thousand Island, Island dressing, dressing salad. Yeah. Ocean yes. Air, we used to do that. We used to have a Crab Louie. Like, that was your entree salad. Entree was a Crab Louie. Yeah, and that sounds delicious. I know. Okay, it's Niswas time. Oh, is it? And you can have it with tuna. You can use canned tuna if you want to. Oh. Or you can, you know, use like a really delicious piece of tuna that you just sear really quick and slice. Yeah. You can just go without. Here's a little, uh, here's a little tip. If you go to United Noodle... Um, and they have, uh, you know, fortune fish is right there and Mm -hmm. coastal is right there, but United noodle has packs of coastal seafoods like tuna frozen. And it's a deal. You get like two little chunks of frozen tuna that you can just chuck into your, that's sushi grade. And like you, when you thaw it out, you know what I mean? It's like 10 bucks. It was 10 bucks for two Little chunks of tuna. So can you thaw that out and use it like for a poke? That's what we do. Okay. We do it all the time. Yeah. That is a great tip. Yeah. And what a great way to incorporate that into a Niçoise salad. That's what I was thinking because I would. What makes it Niçoise? It's the potato. It's the olives. The green, green beans, beans. The Niçoise. What makes it Niçoise is the olives, but I never can find those. So I just use Greek olives. Oh, you do. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then make a little, if you want to make a little vinaigrette, a mustard vinaigrette. Sometimes I get fancy and make a little pesto vinaigrette. Yes. Um, we talked about the grilled pork chop with peaches. What other kind of salads are you making? Because you made a delicious salad with like a burrata and a dill. Yeah, I do all. My salads are basically sheet tray salads. We call it we call it the chicken bacon ranch whenever we want a salad. And we just like I grill up a bunch of chicken and we have that. And then I just sort of uh, whatever greens I have on head. So it doesn't even matter. Mostly it's arugula. Mostly it's spinach. Those right. are the two that like live in my, you know, in my world. I don't do like a spring mix usually. Um, but then I, um, yeah. And then it's kind of like, you know, I have to have, I usually have to have an egg and usually if I don't have bacon, I do the, I crumble up a bunch of prosciutto and fry that, you know, you're like, you slice up a bunch of prosciutto and you fry that. Yes. That gives you that really salty. That salty. is like a low key bacon. Cause sometimes I don't want a pound of bacon. I just want a couple. I want a little bit, a few salty bits. Yeah. And you can take a couple slices of prosciutto off your pack and still, you know, not be sad for that. And then um, for me, it's always like if I can get grilled chicken, if I can get an egg and some bacon in there, and then I just make whatever dressing I'm going to have. And then whatever is, I just garbage salad it all the time, which is like, are there tomatoes on the counter? Should those get eaten before they're not? Right. You know, is there some garlic scapes in the fridge that I didn't use? I'll just chop those up and throw those in. I had broccoli stems that I didn't use. and People so, usually don't eat broccoli stems. I'm glad you're eating them. Yeah, I know. I I told Jake that you zoodled them. But, like, we, I just chopped them up, like, into little, little like... coins. Little, yeah, and these were thick. So, like, just kind of little slices and little... I, I brunoise. 
So then, and then I just cooked them in butter until they were sort of softer. And then I threw those in the salad. Yum. So there's that. Yeah, I just kind of, I'm a throw together salad girl. I don't really plan it really. Well, and my, I, a while ago we got the compost bin. Yeah. And I never use it because I don't really compost. Like I used to compost all the time. All the time. And I composted on my counter, but I have this giant bin. Yeah. Like I don't. I use scraps like but I, you have paper. You can compost, too, though. And I, I probably need to be better about yeah, that because I'm just doing that in like, my recycling. Yeah, we do a lot of like paper, like, I, like like food paper, things like cartons. And how do you keep your like when I had a compost and I had it on the counter, I could just throw the compost bags in the freezer when they were getting kind of ripe. And then I would throw all that into a bin and go. How do you like under your sink or in your so I have a drawer that pulls out that is both compost and regular garbage there's two you know it's like the double thing yeah my compost is just in the front i just it's just regular garbage and, and it I doesn't just, get all I throw my coffee like, yeah you know grinds uh-huh. and everything in there all the eggshells everything else i mean i take mine out probably every couple of days yeah and i just you know i mean i we it gets full when i have someone else living that's with what me. i need i need a third like a bin yeah and it's like we have like jake puts in because we have he brings home compostable takeout containers yep and so those all go in there and then, you know, like napkins and things like that, paper products that have That's food on I them. Need. I need a third bin. Yeah. And then I tie that up and I just take it out. Yeah. Because the, there's the various size of bags. All right. I just haven't been thinking very creatively about it since yeah. we got it. I'm just, I keep staring at it in my garage and going, huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, and I, I take it to the curb, even though there's only one bag in it, maybe a week. So. That's good, though, because you live in the area where there's the raccoons and there's yeah. a coyote. Oh, no. I think foxes. there's been a coyote in my yard because I used to have a bunch of chipmunks and squirrels and it was kind of a nuisance recently. And then I came home from my trip and there's nothing. Yeah. Not a one thing in the yard. Oh, interesting. Okay. <clears throat> All right. All right. So <laughs> uh, can you talk for a second? I have been carrying around your Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine best restaurant or restaurant issue. Oh, that the was what from to, this month. What yes. to eat now? Yeah, I haven't been ready to talk about it because I didn't know if everyone's seen it yet. So it's, I wasn't. I'm a subscriber, so I've been carrying it around. Um, Is it? It's not like a best restaurant. It's just kind of more of like because there's so many things are happening in the restaurant world so fast and furiously. Here's the deal: we have 15 more minutes or 15 more seconds to talk. So, so I, maybe let, next week. Yeah, let's talk about it next week, Absolutely. and then we can because it's really about where other people eat. Oh, okay. It's about where the restaurant people eat. That's what it's about. Oh, okay. Well, I'm excited. I've been carrying it around from place to place. Do you have something to give me? You said you were going to give me something on air. Oh, I do. It's a gift. It's a gift. I mean. Okay. What's very popular (laughs) in Italy right now is bucket hats. Yes, bucket hats. I got one that has avocados. Yours has hamburgers. Hamburgers. What does that say? It's really cute, isn't it? It is really cute. I carried that around like in my small bag. Oh, no, we don't need any pictures. (laughs) Okay. Just, well, I just got the hat. Okay, because I've. Uh, so whether it's you, wow, because it kind of looked like Jake might wear it too, but it's pretty epic hat. I thought State Fair. It is. Yeah. Do you have a special State Fair t-shirt plan? I do, but we're not going to talk about that yet either. Okay. All right. Lots of things to look forward to, friends. Thanks for listening to Weekly Dish. No, we're not. We're going to be back with the locals to love. (laughs) Sounded like you were signing off. I know. And I am rusty. I'm using imaginary cheese on air. Wait a minute. Yep. We still have a segment. We'll be right back. All right. Time for the locals to love. Things that are happening. Wrapping it up. Now, with the weather, let's just talk about the weather a second, because it looks kind of gray, but 
What's it like out there? I don't know. It's great. But is it going to get I better? Um, I don't know. It's supposed to be like this all day and I think tomorrow, too. Because there's the food truck festival today, too, in St. Paul at Union Depot. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely things going on that are like, you know, kind of outdoorsy things. And that's, you know, how it goes in the summers. It feels like we haven't had any rain delays or anything else so that it feels like so it's like I'm just like, okay, I know, great. We can't complain. Great fest is today, too. Oh, it is? Yeah, that's okay, the thing. I was like, what is it that I can't think of? It is Crayfest that is happening um, in North Loop, Smack Shack's big, you know, mud bud sucking, uh, lots of bands and everything else. Hopefully they're covered, I guess. Yep. Um, I do love that. That's a lot of fun. Um, uh, there's also the Washington County Fair is on right now in Stillwater. If you're looking for like a pre-fair fair, Fringe Fest is happening all over the place. The little, you know, is that happening this weekend? Yeah, Eleven yep. different like venues. Oh, and... it's like massive. Yeah, there's a show uh, at French Fest called. Uh, the show is actually called. Hold on, it's loading. Uh, three guys on stage who get hit with hot dogs, snow cones, etc. That's the name That's of the show. Funny. And it basically, three guys are trapped on stage, forced to play humiliating games by a mysterious voice. Their punishment: getting food thrown at them. Their reward: a piece of fudge. Can they endure? That's the actual description of the show. I know. And it's all sold out, I think, today. Or pre-sale is closed. I think you can still buy it. But they've got shows on the 9th, the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th. Um, And I think they're playing at CFPA Flex. I don't know what that is. I don't know either, but it sounds good. It's on Pleasant Avenue in Minneapolis. Okay. That's what it is. That's the venue. And there's free rides to it for uh, on the Metro Transit if you're doing that. Okay. Um, it's at Lake County School. Okay. There you go. Um, what else is happening? Um, uh, oh, I wanted to talk about, we were talking about crab, right? Yep. And I wanted to talk about what's happening at Coastal Seafoods. I don't know if you know about this, but <clears throat> they bought a huge allotment of Russian snow crab. As Fortune Fish Company, who owns Coastal Seafoods, is a massive, massive company. And they do a lot of, like, you know, international buying of great things. Um, They bought it before they knew, you know, before the invasion. They bought the allotment. That's what happens. And they are, uh, so they find themselves with a lot of Russian snow crab, and they're feeling a little conflicted about it. And so what they're doing is they're donating 25% of the of the proceeds to World Central Kitchen, Kitchen's efforts to feed Ukraine. I love it. So it's like they're hoping to raise $100,000 um, to feed people, you know, and like they're, so they're taking 25% of their sales or they're donating. Doesn't the Coastal Seafood Minneapolis location too have like a lot of deli and quick oh, salad yeah. things to buy right there instead of just seafood? Oh, yeah. No, you, like things, if you go in, it's like, it almost feels like a Dean and DeLuca yes. at this point. Like, you go in, and there's obviously the seafood counter. They have pasta. They have rice. They have sauces. I bought the best shoyu uh, soy sauce there. They have frozen. They have a ton of frozen. Yeah. Like, talking about, you know, if you want imitation crab or whatever. Um, but then they also have a little counter at the back where they make, you know, they make, tuna like, burgers tuna burgers. And, yeah. and they've got, you know, the best, uh, they've got little, yeah, fishy things. So it's a good stuff. It's a fun place. I, the hard part during the pandemic, you could only go in like one person at a time. Yep. And so I kind of got like, eh, I don't want to wait in line too much. And, you know, it got to be a little bit too much for me. But I, I think they're totally open. So that's a lot of fun. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, 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 a couple other things that are happening tomorrow. Uh, Wakaya Bistro in North Loop. If you haven't been there, that's the Panamanian you know, Pedro Walcott is the guy who opened that little space in the Dunn Brothers. 
this, um, you know, it's like a Panama and New Orleans kind of food thing. Where is it? It's where it's it's right next to Deja Vu. Oh, the Gatro Bistro, that place? Wakaya Bistro. Oh, is that how you say yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, I literally yeah. did not know because it yeah. starts with a G. It's a G-U-A-Y and then Wakaya, Wakaya Bistro, yeah. I did a it's pop-up dinner that he did. Yeah. And it was really quite good. Yeah, it's lovely. And they have, it's a really fun little place. It's like counter service. You walk up, but it's right in front of the bridge, right? Yeah. So what they're doing, you guys, on Sunday, they have, uh, they're kind of having their their grand opening party. They've got an El Mercado party. They're going to have DJ booths. They're going to have tapas and uh, cocktail specials. And then they're going to have a little vendor market that runs along the walkway 